You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 233 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, Nick Turley got claimed by the White Sox on waivers, and that has a lot of ramifications for how the roster is going to be constructed. It affects the bullpen. It affects the starting rotation. It also affects the actual lineup for opening day, potentially. So uh, I'm going to get into all that because there's a lot going on with just this one guy being claimed by the White Sox. Uh, So first off today, I'm going to go over all of the moves that happened in A's land because there was a few of them. And, you know, there's some impactful ones, some guys that you've heard of that I've talked about on the podcast before, but uh, Nick Turley was the big one because of the ramifications surrounding it. Uh, So I'm going to go into that in the second half a little bit. Um, But before I get into anything, though, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. They keep sending me bars. I'm not asking for them, but I'm really enjoying them. So thank you to Built Bar on that one. (laughs) BuiltBar.com. Also, please follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, before I get into the moves and stuff, uh, I did my first locker room uh, talk, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I definitely suggest downloading the locker room app because it's just a way for us to communicate as A's fans, build a little bit of a community. Um, I, I want to create, not I don't want to say the words safe space because there's connotations with that, but a place where you can express your opinions and nobody's going to call you stupid because that's not how we do things here at Locked on A's. Uh, everybody's opinion's valid, and if you disagree, uh, give your evidence and then we can have a discussion. That's how we do things on the Locker Room app, and uh, I'm going to be doing that once a week. We'll, we'll figure out days and times for that. I'm not sure when. Could be Fridays could be Sundays, uh, probably in the evenings. So uh, that's what I'm thinking right now. If you would like to join us on the Locker Room app, let me know what times work for you because I'm kind of available, uh, you know, at night most days. So let me know when it works for you and uh, we can set some stuff up. So uh, if you do have the Locker Room app, follow me at ByJasonB and uh, yeah, you get alerted when I go live with all of my hot takes. Um, and just one last bit of news before I get into today's episode, and that is I have a very special guest. Uh, I'm talking to her on Thursday morning, so it'll be up uh, either Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure which one yet, um, but I am going to be talking to the Athletics' new public address announcer, Amelia Schimmel, and uh, we're going to have some fun, have a good time, learn a little bit about her. We get to hear her voice because uh, none of us have. Unless you could like really determine what her voice and candor is like from that Twitter clip from uh, earlier this week. So uh, yeah, Amelia Schimmel, Thursday or Friday, keep an ear out for that one. Um, But let's get into today's episode for you guys. The A's made some roster moves. Uh, They got to trim down the roster because uh, the actual season starts before too long. So they made uh, a a couple of formality moves like uh, Buddy Reed. That was a formality move because... He wasn't going to make the team because he's hurt right now. So he is now not currently on the active roster. He's, you know, 
He's been reassigned. He's recovering from injury. No big deal. Not a big surprise on that one. Uh, Nick Allen, same thing. Um, he had actually been doing fairly well. He was five for 23 with a couple of doubles, but according to baseball reference, he was facing roughly uh, high A pitching. So not a, the best test or the best way to assess how he is doing, but he also didn't get to play against actual competition except for, you know, his teammates last year. So uh, it was a nice get dip the toe in. Let's see how he does. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to start at double A. Uh, and, you know, see how his progressions go from there. So Nick Allen is also going down. Um, those are the, the big names for you guys. Tyler Soderstrom was another one, but uh, he was a recent draftee from uh, 2020. So he wasn't going to be getting into too many more games. He went four for eight, though, with three strikeouts. He can hit you guys. I'm very excited to see if he can stick at catcher or if he's going to move to like left field or third base or, you know, as a potential Matt Chapman replacement. What's next for Tyler Soderstrom? Because dude can hit and I want to see his bat in Oakland before long. Uh, I know that it's going to be a couple of years, but still I can dream. Um, yeah. So Tyler Soderstrom looks like he can hit and I want to see that yet again. Uh, uh, some other guys that got sent down, uh, Domingo Acevedo, the six foot seven righty that was uh, formerly in the Yankee system. He was uh, reassigned. He pitched three innings, gave up three hits, gave up two earned runs, walked one, struck out one in his springtime with the A's. Uh, Arhenis Angulo, he struggled heavily. Um, I, I felt kind of bad for the guy. He gave up eight runs on six hits and four walks in an inning and two thirds this spring, which is not great. Obviously, uh, Matt Blackham, who I've talked about recently on the podcast as being a guy who, uh, he, he gets the job done. I don't know how or why, but he keeps doing it. Uh, he went four innings, gave up three hits, one run, walked one, struck out six. And for me, maybe it's because of fantasy baseball, but I always love to see more strikeouts than innings pitched. That's just a, a, a not an elite pitcher because bad pitchers can also have really good strikeout rates. But that's one of those things that if they're getting the job done and they're getting strikeouts, that that's usually a sign that they're doing something well. They're either deceiving or they have really good stuff um, or they're throwing the ball very fast. Um, usually it's not just fast. It's usually fast and moving. So, um, or, you know, he, he's deceiving people and they can't hit his 89 mile an hour fastball. I legitimately do not know how fast he throws. I would like to talk to him. So Matt, if you're listening, hit me up. <laughs> hey, it's worked before. So I'm going to keep doing it. It's, it's my new shtick. Um, other guys that got, uh, reassigned, uh, Ben Bracewell, he go in four innings, gave up two hits, struck out two. That's it. it nice and simple. Just, you know, four innings. Nothing much. I'm just going to go in, get a couple of ground outs, get a fly out or something like that. And uh, and we're done. Let's go hit the showers. And then the last guy that got reassigned was Frank Schwindel. I believe that's how you say it. Schwindel, which great name, A plus name. He went eight for 28, got a home run and a couple of doubles. He's a first baseman, obviously, with both Mitch Moreland and uh, Matt Olson in, in town. Uh, it's going to be a hard go for him to get into the lineup at all in Oakland or, you know, even get called up. But I, I liked what I've been seeing and reading about him. So uh, maybe there's a way for him to get up to Oakland at some point this season. Um, but moving on to, to the big one, and that is the implications of Nick Turley being placed on waivers. Uh, this is a really interesting one because 
nobody knew that he'd been placed on waivers. I mean, you could kind of see that read the tea leaves a little bit where he hadn't pitched in like a week. I assumed that that's because the A's had him working on stuff before they, they didn't want to just keep having him go out there and work on bad mechanics. They wanted him to work on something for, you know, six days and then have him go try that out in a game. And the last game that he uh, threw, he, he didn't do great, but he also didn't allow any runs. It didn't ultimately help him stay with the A's. Uh, but his stat line for spring training is not great. But I, I said, it, it's going to be a process. And uh, I think that the A's felt like they had enough depth, even without Nicholas Carlisle Turley. Um, he went 4.1 innings, four and a third innings. Uh, he gave up 10 earned runs. He had a 3.23 whip, which not great by any means. Uh, for a reliever, you want to see that closer to one. And uh, he had a 20.77 ERA for the spring. Uh, not the debut that you wanted. He he got five outings to work on new mechanics, I'm assuming. So um, not not what he wanted, but if he can land with the White Sox, oh man, that the White Sox already have a really good bullpen. They already stole Liam Hendricks. And by stole, I mean paid him fairly, but their, their bullpen's really good. I've been also uh, collecting Garrett Crochet uh, stock in my fantasy leagues because that dude throws hard and is really good. So... Uh, if they can add Nick Turley to that too, oh man, watch out for for the White Sox bullpen, which is already stacked. Um, yeah, I, hopefully this one doesn't come back to bite the A's in the butt, but Nick Turley has been the patron saint of locked on A's this spring, and uh, it, this one stung for some reason, because I really like talking about Nick Turley, but uh, I'm going to be talking more about the waiver implications here in the second half, so uh, stay locked in with locked on A's, and I'll be covering that stuff in just one minute. Today's episode is brought to you guys by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball already busted all your brackets, so may as well go over to BetOnline and try to you know make yourself happy with some bets. Uh, the NHL's going, Major League Baseball starts in just over a week, so there's plenty of sports to be betting on, but they also do award shows, TV shows, and reality TV if you want to play some money on those as well. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine, and BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website on your desktop or mobile device and you can sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. And that's why everybody around the world says that bet online on your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts like me. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So let's get into the implications of Nick Turley being placed on waivers and subsequently claimed by the White Sox. Uh, there's a few things going on here. And let's just start with the bullpen because that's where Nick Turley was going to be on the team if he made the team, which he didn't. So now that spot's open. So Nick Turley no longer with the club is now no longer a bullpen option. So what's the bullpen looking like right now? Just going right down in alphabetical order on from the A's roster on their website. You got Jake Diekman, Adam Kalerik, Yusmero Petit, uh, Sergio Romo, Trevor Rosenthal, Lou Trevino, JB Wendelkin. That's seven guys. 
Turley would have been the eighth guy in that in that uh, mix, but uh, now again, no longer with the club. So there are three guys vying for two spots. You have the fifth spot that was opened up by Mike Fires, and then you have this new bullpen spot that is opened up by Nick Turley. And this is where things get interesting for me personally, because outside of those seven guys, if you move on over to the A's rotation, then you got Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya, Jesus Luzardo, uh, Mike Fires, and Chris Bassett. And then you have just a few other options. You got AJ Puck, Cole Irvin, Dalton Jeffries, Burt Smith. Those are four guys going for those other two spots. The, the fifth spot in the rotation with Mike Fires being injured and uh, the other spot in the bullpen. So uh, this is where it gets interesting for me because this is now an open spot and it's now two spots that are open for whoever is going to take them. Uh, I don't think that Birch Smith is going to be the bullpen piece, so I'm moving him off to the side. So it's basically between three starters for two spots. One of them is starting a rotation gig, and one of them is a bullpen gig. And I don't know who it's going to be. Um, I, I had it all set up for the, the locker room thing. Didn't end up getting to it, but this is what I wanted to talk about. And it is, uh, it's basically, before all of this happened, it was Dalton Jeffries and Cole Irvin. One of those two guys, for me, would be the fifth spot in the rotation and they're fairly similar pitchers. One of them's a lefty, one of them's a righty. So who do you want facing either the Dodgers or the Astros to start the season? Which one? Um, the Dodgers can face up against lefties or righties. Doesn't necessarily matter. They're going to crush whoever uh, gets in their way. So I would, there's some other things that go along with this. Like, do you place them as the fourth starter to make sure that their first start is at home against a team that they have a better chance of succeeding against in Houston? And I think that the answer to that is yes. So who does Houston have a harder time against, lefties or righties? So I went back and I looked at the Astros and how they did against lefties and righties in both 2019 and 2020 and just 2020 to see if there is a trend that you might be on the lookout for. And honestly, there's not a ton of difference here between lefties and righties. Either way, some, at least half their lineup is going to be really good against one of them. Like uh, lefties, Alex Bregman, he's going to crush it. Doesn't matter. Against righties, he might be league average. He might be 50% above. Uh, it's hard to tell based on the sample size that I used. Jordan Alvarez, is he healthy? Uh, if he is, he crushes lefties and righties equally, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Martin Maldonado definitely is better against lefties. Uh, Jose Altuve struggled mightily against both, but he really struggled against lefties for some reason in 2020. Uh, Michael Brantley struggles way more against lefties. He crushes the crap out of righties. And that's a that's one of those bats that I'm aware, like scared of a little bit when it comes to uh, any time of season, not necessarily uh, just the playoffs or just the beginning of the season. Any time of year, Michael Brantley will give you a professional at bat. So you want to try and limit him as much as possible. So I'm taking that into account on the lefty docket on this one. Uh, Carlos Correa, he was roughly league average against both. He was uh, he had a 91 WRC plus against righties last year, a 113 against lefties. So a little bit above, a little bit below. He's a really streaky hitter. Maybe you hit him at the right time. Uh, not I'm not advocating for hitting Astros by pitches. I mean, just like get him in the lineup at the right time. That's all I'm saying. Yuli <laughs> uh, Gurriel. Who, who the hell knows what that guy's up to? He crushed uh, lefties before, but he also looked lost at the plate in the playoffs. So I don't know about him. Kyle Tucker, another guy that 
is a he's one of those up and coming scary guys, and he definitely struggled against lefties last year. And that would be one guy that I would be concerned about letting off the leash. Uh, if you're listening closely, I'm definitely leaning towards the lefties because I'd already made up my decision. I'm just walking you guys there. <laughs> but the the main guy that I want to control if I'm bringing in somebody who does not have a lot of major league experience, which Cole Irvin. Uh, AJ Puck and Dalton Jeffries, none of them have a ton of innings in the majors. So the one guy that I want to control, if I am Bob Melvin in the front office, is Miles Straw. He is also a rookie, I believe. He he also does not have a lot of playing time, but he is fast as hell. And one thing that can definitely disrupt a young pitcher in the major leagues is somebody who's going to run on them because that gets them out of the rhythm, makes you know their mechanics go out of whack. So you want to keep him off the bases. That's why I'm leaning lefty to keep Miles Straw off the base paths and out of the minds of whoever's on the mound for the A's. And a lefty has the best chance of doing that because he had a 29 WRC plus in 2020 and 2019. And in 2020, he had a negative 93. So uh, throw him against the lefty. Who else is going to play center field for them? Nobody. They don't have another center fielder. It is mile straw or bust for Houston right now. So give a lefty that fifth starter spot, whether it's AJ Puck or Cole Irvin. And that is how that goes. Uh, I also think that if it's going to be a lefty in that fifth spot in the rotation, Dalton Jeffries, I don't believe would be relegated to the bullpen. It could be AJ Puck, who I've been saying, or it could be Cole Irvin, who has pitched almost exclusively out of the bullpen in his major league career. He's been doing it in spring training. He's been doing very well at pitching from the bullpen in spring training. He's a cerebral pitcher. He can give you innings. I I think that it's going to be Puck and Irvin making this roster, if I'm being quite honest. Um, I I don't know which one's going to be in the bullpen, which one's going to be in the rotation. Um, But either way, you're going to be getting a decent amount of innings. You're going to get whatever AJ Puck has to give you. Uh, maybe you build him up a little bit in the bullpen, give him a few innings here, give him a few innings there and uh, see how he does. And then you can stretch, send him down to the minors when Mike Fires is ready to make his return. And then you can limit that pitch work a little bit uh, because I don't know how much you're going to be getting out of AJ Puck this season. So that's really why I've been trying to keep him out of the rotation is not because I don't think that he's a great pitcher or anything or has the potential to be, or I don't want to see him. It's because I don't know how much he can give you. And if you are going to get anything out of AJ Puck, I'd rather it be later in the season than at the very beginning. So I would put Cole Irvin as the fifth starter, have him oh, as the quote unquote fifth starter, have him start the fourth game against Houston and then have whoever the fifth starter is, Frankie Montas or whoever uh, be the fifth starter in the rotation come uh, when the Dodgers come to town for the fifth game of the season, which starts on that Monday. So that's how I would personally do it. I know that it, there's some witchcraft going on in there, but that's how I would work it. You want to give the youngest pitcher that you have, that you have high hopes for, you know, you want to get the most out of, you want to give them an easier opponent so that you can get those wins. You also want to give them to the Astros because they haven't seen them before. They're not going to be ready for them. Maybe they don't get lucky. I think that he would have the advantage in that start because they have not they have not seen him. Um, also, the A's don't televise their spring training game, so they don't know what the hell he's doing these days. And I think that that would be a nice advantage for Cole Irvin specifically in Oakland, getting his first start in the green and gold. Uh, I think that he becomes the A's quote-unquote fifth starter taking over for Mike Fires, but I think that he would start the fourth game of the season against the Houston Astros. That's how I would play it personally. Have A.J. Puck in the bullpen. 
He can give you a couple of innings here and there. Then you send him down to the minor leagues, stretch him out once Mike Fires is ready to come back, and uh, then, you, then you see what happens. Maybe there's another injury and he has to take over and he's in the rotation again. But uh, in the meantime, you probably just move Cole Irvin over to uh, to the bullpen once you know Puck goes down and creates that spot for him. So uh, that's how I'm working this one personally. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I, I love overthinking where to place pitchers in the rotation uh, this time of year. So let me know what you guys think uh, by Jason D or at Locked on A's on Twitter. And uh, I got a little bit more roster construction stuff to talk about here. So I'm going to be going over that here in just one minute. So stay locked in. We're Locked on A's and I'll be right back. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is time for some Built Bar madness, people. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. They sent me a box of birthday cake and uh, it it loved up to the name. It tastes like a birthday cake. It was a little too sweet for me personally. So because of that, I'm going to be taking coconut on this one. You can't go wrong with coconut if, as far as I'm concerned. Put coconut in anything. I'm eating it, especially when it's a bar covered in 100% chocolate. So that is how I am voting on Monday. But if you want to do your own votes, all you got to do is go to builtbar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter, and you can place your own votes as well. And uh, when you go to builtbar.com, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. Beginning this Wednesday, the Locked On MLB podcast is featuring one of our biggest events of the year, the Locked On MLB Division Preview Series. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around their team. Follow Locked On MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Also, I'm going to throw in right now. I recorded mine today as I'm, well, Sunday as I'm recording this. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Get excited, you guys. So, uh, yeah, tune in to Lockdown MLB starting on Wednesday. It's a good, good time. And uh, learn a lot about all of the baseball teams. They're like little five to seven minute spurts. So you don't got to spend a whole ton of time, but subscribe to the podcast, too, because it only does a great job. And with that, welcome back to the Lockdown Ace Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us ratings and reviews. Do all that good stuff. But uh, let's get back into the topic at hand, and that is the A's roster come opening day. We are, what, like a week and a half to opening day, which is super exciting. I keep thinking that it's this week, and it's not, because I'm too excited. I just want to put baseball in my veins already, you guys. Come on. Um, and also, it'll be televised, which, whoo big selling point for me at MLB. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the roster construction for you guys. Uh, so I'm already putting uh, Cole Irvin as the fifth starter, fourth starter technically, in my rotation. I got A.J. Puck in the bullpen. Dalton Jeffries is going to be starting with the minor league team. Um, sorry, Dalton. I, I apologize for that, but it, it definitely looks like Cole Irvin has a really good shot. A.J. Puck is almost a shoe-in unless his arm falls off, which I don't think it's going to this year. I think this is the year his arm stays on his body. And uh, watch out, baseball. But those are just a couple of the things that are happening because Nick Turley was placed on waivers. The other thing that happened is him being placed on those waivers and not being on the roster anymore, the 40-man roster, 
means that there is a spot on the roster, the 40-man roster, which you need to be on to get onto the 26-man roster. There's another spot open up, uh, according to my counting skills, which don't rely on those, but I believe that there are only 39 men on the roster right now, which to me means Jed Lowry is making this team, you guys. Doubles Jed coming back to Oakland for a third stand. I love it. Um, I, I legitimately think that if he is close to what he's been for the A's, which is not, you know, a shoo-in by anything, by any means, but I think that he slots right into the number two hole against righties or lefties or whoever they're facing. Uh, I think that he's that guy. Mark Hanna's probably going to be atop the lineup just because of his on-base skills. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily fast or anything, but, you know, he's got on-base skills and that's a plus. Um, I, I also have really enjoyed watching or hearing Kai Tom. Uh, he's been doing a really good job. He's putting together some really great at bats. He's hitting 500. He's got three multi-hit games and four games played coming back from an oblique strain. So yeah, Kai Tom, uh, looking like a badass, you guys, he's going the other way on guys. He's hitting lefties. Okay. Uh, I think that he, if this isn't, I know that it's only a few at-bats and a few games and small sample sizes, but the process is there and the process is what I'm excited about because uh, I, I don't remember the A's having a bunch of guys that go the opposite way very often. It's a bloop and a blast and that's kind of been the Oakland way for 20 years, it feels like. Uh, I know that Jed Lowry is more of a, you know, gap-to-gap doubles guy, but uh, Kai Tom's putting some down the line on, on the left field line and he's a lefty hitter. So he's going the other way and he can put it on that line. Um, again, small sample size, but I'm very excited about him. Not quite as excited as I was about Buddy Reed, but Kai Tom's doing his business right now. And uh, maybe he will become the the new face of Locked On A's now that Nick Turley's gone and Buddy Reed is, uh, you know, on the ILs. So how he fits on the roster or, or you know, into the lineup on a day-to-day basis, I'm not positive. He might still be a platoon bat at this point. Make sure that he can prove himself uh, just against righties, and then they'll start working him in against lefties uh, more and more. I'd love to see him in the lineup as much as possible just for that balance in the lineup because when you got a lefty on the mound, you don't want to throw seven righties against him. That's weird. Um, so I think that Jed Lowry is going to be getting some decent playing time. Um, and I, I alluded to it briefly, but for me, my personal lineup would be something to the effect of Mark Canna at the top of the lineup, because that's seemingly where they're going to put him. Uh, and then I have Jed Lowry in the two hole because he's a switch hitter. Then you go Olsen, Chapman, Moreland. You get that left, right, left. And then you go Sean Murphy, because I think today should be in the top six. Then you got Loriano. He's really good. You can move him up to two or one if you need to, but he's a little more streaky of a hitter. And I'd like to keep him in the seventh spot just because Kai Tom, again, another guy that could move up in the lineup potentially later on in the season. But for right now, I'm putting him in the eighth hole. And then you got Elvis Andrews in the nine hole with no pressure added to him whatsoever. And I think that, again, he only needs to be league average to have this whole thing work out and also stay healthy, but he needs to be league average and that's it. And keeping him in the nine hole should keep some pressure off him as he tries to ingratiate himself with a new team. So that is my lineup. Canna, Lowry, Olsen, Chapman, Moreland, Murphy, Loriano, Tom, Andrews. That's my lineup against righties. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that at Locked On A's on Twitter. Um, again, uh, Piscotti could be in there some days as well. Uh, there are guys that could be in there a decent amount of the time, but uh, this is the lineup that I would go with. We basically know who will be in the lineup. It's just a matter of putting their names in the right order uh, because there's a lot of uh, lefty-righty mixing going on. I don't know how 
Tony Kemp's going to get in the lineup most days just because he, he can play kind of everywhere. Chad Pinder is mostly going to play against lefties, I'd imagine, just because he's better against them in general. But uh, maybe if there's a guy with a tough breaking ball, we talked about breaking balls, he hits the crap out of them. So maybe you put him against the tough breaking ball pitchers and not necessarily righty lefty guys. It's just breaking ball pitchers. And uh, that's the way that the A's are thinking about it. So there's a lot going to be at play with the A's roster construction here and, you know, the lineup on a day to day basis. And I've never been a big uh, lineup guy. I don't necessarily care. I, I care about the results and whatnot. So once we start getting some new stats in there, then I can start judging them on how they're doing this year, not. 2020, which was a weird year. So I'm kind of throwing those ones out anyway. So maybe 2019 there, there's a lot of weirdness going on. So give me people and give me some stats for like a month and then I'll start having opinions on the lineup. But that is going to be it for me today, you guys. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about some fantasy baseball. I'm going to be going over some A's guys that you should have on your team, some guys that you might want to pass on, some late round flyers. It's going to be A-centric. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to steer you in the right direction and go off, you know, ADPs and all that stuff. So if you're a fantasy baseball fan, uh, I'll give you a the best information that I can find. So uh, that's what's coming up for you guys tomorrow. On Wednesday, I have already recorded my talk with DC Lundberg of Locked On Mariners. We talked a lot about the Mariners. So if you want to find out about their team, uh, he asked me like two questions. I asked him like 10. So uh, that is the <laughs> the ratio that we got on that. Uh, so if you want to learn more about the Mariners, make sure to tune in on Wednesday for that one. And then on Thursday or Friday, I'm talking with Amelia Schimmel, the new A's PA announcer. So that is a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to talking with her. And then on uh, Friday, Saturday, which, whichever one uh, that is, I'll have another episode for you. Don't know what it's going to be about yet because it's a few days away. I have time to plan it. So um, that's it for me today, you guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.